0: Well, thanks so much, Pastor Kevin. I uh, appreciate that introduction, and uh, thank you for a warm welcome as well from all of you here at Greenbelt in the, in the uh, sanctuary and uh, watching at home as well. It's a real delight to be able to serve here at Greenbelt. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate uh, Pastor Kevin as well and his preaching. What do you think of Pastor Kevin's preaching? It's pretty awesome, eh? We'll we give him a round of, th- round of thanks. Thanks. And you know what? Every time, I'm called up every once in a while, and I think, gee, I'd really like to aspire to be like Pastor Kevin. I'd like to be aspired to his preaching. You know, isn't his, his preaching is great. I'd like to, uh, you know, really be the same. And I know I'm not supposed to compare myself to others. That's kind of a wrong thing to do. But And we have different personalities, different ways of thinking, different uh, ways of communicating, and so on. But last week in a sermon, I don't know if you caught it, he made... A statement that made it really clear what the difference was between his preaching and mine, and it is raisins. It's raisins. He may, he mentioned last week how much he really dislikes raisins. He hates biting into the chewy mass of a raisin in whatever kind of food he's eating. But you know me, I love raisins. I love raisins and oatmeal cookies. Raisins and cereal raisins in butter tarts, tea biscuits, raisins in pies. I can eat raisins everywhere and anywhere. And after all, they're just grapes in disguise. So, uh, I found the big difference between us. So, uh, I'm not sure I can, I can overcome that pastor Kevin. I'm not going to give up my, my love for raisins. And that's got nothing to do with our sermon topic today. So, uh, you don't need to dwell on that particularly. So, uh, It's exciting. We're just continuing our walk through the book of Acts, and uh, we've come across a story in Paul's life. It's really a drama. It's really a drama between good and evil. And he and Silas are preaching and teaching in the streets of Philippi, and they encounter an attack from the enemy that threatens to affect their ministry in a big way, threatens to really take them out. So let's read the first part of the passage. This is from Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 16. So once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling, and this girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. And finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. But when the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas They were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So let's just take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we welcome you into our presence this morning, just as we already have. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit and imbue in us the truths of Scripture, those things that you want us to learn for ourselves personally. Thank you f- that we can, the freedom we have to read from your word, and uh, we just welcome you and we're willing to hear what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul is in the midst of a second missionary journey, and he spent a few days visiting a new believer, Lydia. He had led Lydia to the Lord as well as her entire family, and they were baptized together. But Paul believed that he was in a battle for the Lord. He wrote to Timothy, fight the good fight of the faith. Fight the good fight of the faith. And to the Corinthian church, he wrote about the weapons to fight with of divine power. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. This was his attitude as he walked about the town, to witness, to fight for the Lord using spiritual weapons. And our big big idea this morning comes from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our victory in life, in life's battles, is only through Jesus. Our victory in life's battles is only through Jesus And our text says that each day, a slave girl followed them, shouting that they were telling the way of salvation to others. What she said was true, but Jesus had commanded in the Great Commission that the good news of Jesus was for true believers to tell, not for people who were enslaved by the enemy, who were in bondage to them. And Paul didn't want it to appear that she was his partner in the gospel, He wanted to be distinct from her, of course. So Paul spoke to the Spirit and commanded it to leave, and indeed the Spirit left her. So, this first encounter with the devil had the powers of the enemy engaged in a spiritual attack against the witness of Paul and Silas. The enemy attacked, but Paul defended in the name of Christ and won the skirmish. So, God, here's our first point God is victor over the enemy. And we can trust God as being victor over the enemy. God always wins, always wins in a battle over the enemy. So next in the story, the owners of the girl took Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities. And again, they brought them before the magistrates, saying these men are Jews, are throwing the city into an uproar and the crowds joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten and then the jailer was commanded to guard them and put them in the inner cell and fasten their feet in the stocks so Satan's response to healing of the girl Satan's response to God's movement of healing the girl was to turn the magistrates and the crowd of onlookers against Paul They brought up charges against Paul and Silas that were not true, and it's unfortunate that often onlookers are can be used as pawns in the enemy's work. So Paul and Silas were stripped and severely beaten and thrown into the inner part of the prison. So looking at what's going on behind behind the scenes, we can see what's happening physically, what's going on behind the scenes, but. The truth is, Paul and Silas were arrested for encroaching into Satan's territory and taking back spiritual ground for Jesus. That girl who was uh, demonized, who was oppressed by the enemy, was claiming a ground for Satan. Because whenever she told someone's fortune that appeared to be reasonable, the listeners were inclined to look for more advice from her in the future. Eventually, they would become, in a way, enslaved themselves to the enemy's lies, so the heavenly set, the heavenly stage is now set, set for a response from God, who is watching but who's who up there up there are watching things unfold so on one side, we have Satan and his followers. he was delighted to see the men flogged and beaten and hoped they'll that will put an end to their ministry on the other side. Is the host of heaven the angels are watching to see what Paul's response will be and what God will be doing it's not an even match of course God's side will always win hands down but sometimes God wants to use us to show his power sometimes he uses us to show his power because Paul often speaks of his suffering in the gospel for the gospel, and he calls what he is experiencing a light momentary affliction, although he had endured beatings, hunger, and thirst, and other severe hardships, a light momentary affliction. Paul saw the events in his life from God's perspective, which operated under God's authority and direction, and Paul trusted that, w- that God would use every event in his life to spread the gospel. I wonder, in your service for Jesus, have you ever sensed the powers of darkness trying to block your efforts, just causing things to happen in your life that all seem to pile up in the days leading up to your, I don't know, teaching in your life group, or serving at Kids zone or singing on the worship team, or welcoming at the front door, perhaps. Paul endured severe attacks, but we face the same devil and get hassled at times. The devil hopes we'll be discouraged and give up. Maybe we get a little sick. Maybe we lose sleep. Maybe accidents happen. Things break. It's happened to me, but not to discourage you. But it's something par, par for the course in Christian ministry. We can pray protection from these attacks, but sometimes we forget, and I forget. In fact, a situation for myself at home: we've got, I've got issues with the tap. The kitchen tap is not working, the dishwasher is not working, the uh, the TV box is broken, there's a couple of other things. Yeah, it just seems things are piling up all of a sudden. I think, gee, is this an accident or is something going on behind the scenes? And when these things happen to me and my family and when I have a number of things happening at the same time, I can usually connect that to something we are doing for the Lord in the near future. It's when unhappy events pile up that I suspect that there's a spiritual component to my day. So I find that when the devil is overdoing the number of disruptions in my life that I can see he is at work. If it's just a few irritants, well, that's just part of the fallen world. But when it piles up, I think differently. So that's why it's important to get some prayer support from a trusted group or friend, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, because we're working in God's kingdom. I have found that my life group has provided significant prayer support for me over the years and for others as well. Paul writes in Ephesians 6 to always keep on praying for all the saints, for the Lord's people. Paul truly believed, and this is his second point, that God would be victorious despite what was happening to him and because of it. God is victor over circumstances, the circumstances of life. So we need to trust God as victor over the circumstances of life. So what, what are the circumstances of life that you are suffering through now? What things are happening that threaten to der- derail your faith in God? I think of my men's group, and I know I'm going to be owing them a lot of $5 bills because I've not asked permission to share this, but it could be a microcosm of the church. I hear of job loss, I hear of serious marital strain, I hear of illness, I hear the death of loved ones, I hear of anxiety about the future, and this is just in the last couple of weeks. We share our needs and pray for one another, and I know from personal experience that those prayers are effective. And again, do you have a trusted group of believers to share your needs with or receive prayer? And if not, there may be a life group that would work for you that you can join. God wants us to bear one another's burdens. But have you ever had a sense that what was occurring in the physical realm had been ordained in the spiritual, that God was perhaps using misfortune to draw others to himself? For example, how... Has God used COVID to alert people to the transitory nature of life, to the weakness of the flesh? What's God doing behind the scenes during the COVID times? And our message to those who are looking for for victory in life, this is our big idea today. Our victory in life is only through Jesus. Our victory is only through Jesus. So if we go back to our text does not say Paul objected to the beating on the grounds of his being a Roman citizen. We can see later that it would have been a good defense on his part. He endured the pain for the sake of Christ, anticipating the dramatic spiritual play that was being rolled out before his eyes. So let's carry on with our passage. This is from verse 25. So about midnight, We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to them and to all the others in his house. And at that, that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their sores. And then immediately, he and his, all his family were baptized. Paul baptized him and his family. They were ready. The jailers brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he was filled with joy. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. So Paul and Silas knew that they were on a mission. And their mission was to share the good news of the coming of Jesus to everyone they met. Paul saw himself as a warrior, wearing the armor of God and as a prisoner of the Lord. And they had endured humiliation, injustice, and pain. Humiliation, injustice, and pain in the the magistrate's actions. And their suffering was extreme, and they endured the pain. And Paul wrote about this time in Corinth as being part of his qualifications as a servant of Christ. These were his qualifications as a servant of Christ. But they were filled with joy. They chose joy in the battle. Joy in the battle. So once they were in prison, Paul and Silas spent many hours in praise and worship. And we know many psalms were written by authors who were at the end of their capacity, in times of despair. And singing helps us focus on heavenly truths rather than unhappy present realities. Paul knew that God was not surprised by this turn of events. He must have anticipated his release and was praising God, waiting for what would follow. He knew God would do something, would show up in in a big way. Psalm 22, verse 3 says, "'God inhabits the praises of his people,' God inhabits the praises of his people. And God shows up when we spend time praising his name. The Holy Spirit comes to prepare hearts for the words of the songs that we sing here in church and at home that are giving glory to Jesus and his work on the cross. Can you feel it when Paul leads us in worship, when the worship team comes, comes up, leads us in praising God And worshiping the Holy Spirit is coming. He's preparing our hearts to hear from him this morning, to hear from the word. So God is victor in the praises of his people. We need to trust God as victor in the praises of his people. So suddenly, God broke into the event with power, and it was time for him to act. Have you ever thought about what effect the the uh, your praise and worship would be on the enemy he hates it he hates it the enemy hates when you worship god honoring jesus in this way drives him back and sets up god's opportunity to move in your life so god's power broke into the events on earth there was an earthquake And the prison doors flew open, and the prisoners' chains were broken. Can you imagine that? Does that make any sense to you? What kind of earthquake would open prison doors and break everyone's chains around their arms, around their legs? It's a spiritual one. (laughs) A spiritual earthquake. It's not just a normal earthquake. So Paul and Silas are freed, but so are the other prisoners. They had been listening to songs of Jesus And now they see his power. Now they see his power. They've heard about their power. Now they see it. So what are they going to do? What would we do if suddenly we were released from prison? Maybe not a physical prison, but from bondage to something in our lives. Bondage to sin, to habits that threaten to overcome us, to fear of the future. That kind of bondage. What if suddenly we were released from that kind of bondage in our life? If Jesus suddenly broke the grip of the enemy on our life, what would be our response? Would we run back to our old way of life? Or would we run toward Jesus to embrace him? These prisoners did not, they did not run back to their old way. They didn't rush out of the prison to regain return to their old habits. They stayed to seek out more of God, which is amazing as well. Paul had said before, are we to sin because we're not under law but under grace? And Paul's response was to say, by no means, by no means. We're not going to sin because we're under grace. So again, thinking back over your life, have you experienced a time when God broke into your life, broke into your life at a time and you were overwhelmed by his presence you knew he was there that happened one time at a worship event i was attending it came after i repented of my lifestyle at the time which was not honoring god and there was a call forward to prayer and i came forward to the front and some people surrounded me and prayed for me i was filled with amazing joy there was joy to be had in the battle And Paul and Silas were experiencing it. So when the jailer was ready to take his own life, Paul shouted, We're all here. We're all here. And the other prisoners could have escaped, of course, but they realized a greater power was at work than the bars of the jail. Some would have responded to the Holy Spirit's calling in their hearts right away. Others were still just in amazement amazement of what happened at the miracle of God. God's display of power transformed the jailer's life as well. His response at first was puzzling. Why would the display of God's power bring such conviction to his life? But the jailer must have been listening to Paul's praising as well. It was more than just the earthquake. He had heard of Paul telling the way of salvation the Holy Spirit was bringing conviction to his life the Holy Spirit was working in his life bringing conviction and the effect of Paul and Silas's worship his humility and his compassion for the jailer led to his marvelous conversion Led to the jailers conversion not only the jailer but his, his entire household came to the Lord and were baptized so again God is Victor God is Victor at the end of the story and we can trust God as victor at the end of the story as well. Not just Paul's story, but our story. 1 Corinthians chapter fifteen fifty-seven says, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's read the rest of the story. From verse 35. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, Release those men. Release those men. And the jailer told Paul, The magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, They beat us publicly without a trial. And though we are Roman citizens, though we are Roman citizens and threw us into prison, And now, do they want to get rid of us quietly? No. Let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and encouraged them. And then they left. So what happened at the end of this story? Later that night, the jailer cleaned their sores. He brought them to his house and fed them and celebrated. And the text says that he was filled with joy. He was filled with joy because he and his whole family came to believe in Jesus. Is his story our story? Can we relate to that story? What a victory God had accomplished through Paul and Silas's suffering. The slave girl was freed from bondage to an evil spirit. The other prisoners had heard the way of salvation, and many, I am sure, took that step in their lives. The jailer and his whole family were baptized. The magistrates were humbled and personally escorted the two from prison. And I am sure the story spread far and wide of the missionaries falsely accused and jailed, having been given honorary passage from the area. Finally, at Lydia's house, the believers heard the story and were encouraged. What a victory for Jesus. What a victory we see in that story for Jesus. And we've been looking through this series of Church on the Go. As God sends out the church to go in ways that we cannot expect or imagine, who would have known that Paul's act of rescuing the slave girl from the grip of the enemy would take such a turn? Would take a turn into a witness for Jesus in the surrounding area. And we sang, "You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil." and you turn it for good. And this is really, this is clearly what's happened here. God sends his church out to go, and Jesus will turn those things that were meant for evil to good through his power. So what can we learn from our church, Greenbelt, on the go? The spiritual world today is as alive and active as it was in Paul's time. The enemy is as deceitful and mean as he was then. I found a little tract that I had used many years ago. This is called the Four Spiritual Laws. I don't know if you ever heard about this. This is uh, put out by Campus Crusade for Christ many years ago. I won't say when it was printed because it's during my lifetime. But uh, you look inside, it's got the, the ways of salvation. And the, step one says... God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And it takes you through four laws that are are great for using to uh, introduce people to Christ. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for for your life. I've often thought if there was a similar tract for Satan, it would read the devil hates you and has a terrible plan for your life. The devil hates you and has a terrible plan for your life. He's not just indifferent to us. He hates us if we walk in faith with Jesus. He wants to destroy us in any way he can. And for those who haven't received Jesus into their hearts, he wants to turn them away. He wants them to find other ways of satisfaction apart from Jesus. Are you personally experiencing the distractions that the enemy can send on your life? Those kinds of distractions that... The enemy wants to turn you away from Paul says resist the enemy and he will flee from you resist the enemy and he will flee. I've experienced many times the peace and freedom that comes after demanding that the enemy depart in Jesus name after sensing his oppression at times I would realize the source and take action. He will flee if we command him to leave. So Paul and Silas saw their mission very clearly to pronounce the coming of the kingdom of God and to take a stand against the schemes of the enemy, to pronounce the kingdom of God coming, to take a stand against the enemy. And they won victory through the praise and worship of God despite their suffering. They embraced the joy of the cross in their pain. Have you, perhaps you like many of the prisoners in the story, have heard the gospel spoken by others but we're not ready to commit your life to Jesus. With Jesus, you will have supernatural power to resist the enemy's attack on your life. Being a Christian is not all a bed of roses. There will be challenges serving Jesus in a world whose values are many ways very different from what the Bible teaches. But with Jesus on your side, you can trust God to give you the victory. You'll get the victory in the challenges of life. And Paul told the jailer, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You can receive him now. You can receive that same joy that the jailer experienced by simply praying and asking him into your heart. Something like, Jesus, I've made a mess out of my life. I need you to take control and change me from the inside out. Come into my heart and do that for me. I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. If you've made that decision, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited. We're all excited. Come and let us know if you're here at the church or click the button in the live stream and let us know if you've made that decision. We'd love to meet you and welcome you to your new life. So if you're experiencing... The enemy's persistent attacks on your life and that of your family. Greenbelt wants to help you. Perhaps it seems that every choice you make leads to failure or a dead end. Perhaps relations around you are collapsing. Your marriage is suffering. Your marks are tanking. Your health is failing. The more you consider yourself a soldier for the Lord in his work, the more the devil will try to take you out and discourage you. But I'd encourage you, don't give up the fight. Don't give up. There are more aspects to your challenges than you can see in the visible world. Satan wants you to fail, but the Lord is on your side. Our victory in life is through Jesus. Our victory in life is only through Jesus. The Lord will always be victorious. So if you need prayer, if you're watching at home, click on the prayer button in the live stream. If you're here in the building, come up and see us or join someone in the prayer room after the service, and we will pray for you. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the authority you have over the powers of darkness. They have nothing to stand against you, for you are totally and completely victorious in every area we commit to you. And we pray, Lord, that if there are areas in our lives that we have struggled to turn over to you, strongholds, bitterness, pain from the past, Lord, we ask that you would enable us to turn those areas over to you and receive freedom in Christ. We pray that we just confess those areas, Lord. We confess them as sin, confess them as not as us not turning them over to you for redemption and we repent of having done so having holding holding on to those areas and we ask that you would fill us and heal us physically heal us emotionally heal us spiritually heal us mentally heal our relationships relationships with family members relationships with others Heal all aspects of our life, Lord, in, in Jesus' name. And we're enable you we know you can do that, and we just give you the praise and glory for what you're going to do. Thank you for the blessing of being able to hear from your word today. In Jesus' name. Amen.